Good morning. Breaking news. A shot of hope. Moderna expected to push the FDA to make the first COVID vaccine available to the nation's youngest children, something millions of parents have been waiting on for nearly two years. So will it be approved? How soon could those shots get in arms? And what will it mean for the COVID fight as our nation's focus shifts? We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. We've got everything you need to know. Breaking overnight, back home, former Marine Trevor Reed returns to the U.S. after his release in a surprise prisoner swap between the White House and Russia, a homecoming three years in the making for his family. It's going to really hit us when we get to put our arms around him and hug him. This morning, new details on how the two nations reached a deal amid sky-high tensions and what it could mean for other Americans still detained in Russia. New warning, Vladimir Putin cautions the West there will be a lightning-fast response to outside interference in Ukraine. This amid new Russian attacks across the war-torn nation and a powerful display of defiance by Ukrainian civilians. We're live with the very latest from the front lines. Outrage, the husband of rust shooting victim Helena Hutchins fires back at the Santa Fe Sheriff over the release of video evidence showing his wife's final moments. Why he says the family's rights were trampled on and the damage that is now irreparable. All that plus Hollywood controversy. Olivia Wilde served custody papers, papers from her ex Jason Sudeikis while on stage during an event for her new movie. Straight ahead, the intense reaction that's now erupted and what the former SNL star is saying to us about it. Today, Thursday, April 28th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hey guys, welcome to today. We're so happy that you're starting your Thursday morning with us. And it's not just any ordinary old Thursday, is it? Oh no, <laughs> football fans have been waiting yeah. for this day. It's a welcome to the NFL moment for lots of hopefuls mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. Speaking of dreams fulfilled, did One you hear NFL. about this? Hmm. One winning ticket was sold in the Powerball <laughs> drawing overnight. A convenience store in Gilbert, Arizona. I have cousins there. The prize, a whopping $471.1 million. We'll have more on that coming up as soon as I call my cousins. I was going to say they're on line one. Uh, meantime, it's another chilly morning out here. We got some record lows across the Midwest and up here in the Northeast. Al's full forecast is straight ahead. And we've got breaking news to get to this morning. Former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed arrived back in the U.S. overnight after being detained in Russia for nearly three years. We've got new details on his release and the dramatic prisoner exchange that secured his freedom. But we do start with a potential breakthrough for young children across the nation who are still ineligible for a COVID vaccine. We've got complete coverage, and we are going to begin this with NBC's Stephanie Goss, who joins us right here in New York. Hi, Steph. Good morning. Hey, Hoda and Savannah, good morning. The first COVID-19 vaccine was given emergency use authorization in December 2020. A year and a half later, there is still no vaccine approved for the country's youngest children. This morning, Moderna says it is ready to change that, asking the FDA for emergency use authorization for its vaccine for children ages six months to five years. For anxious parents with very young children, the wait could soon be over. Moderna says it has a two-shot vaccine taken four weeks apart that provides robust protection against COVID for children ages six months to five years old. The dosage, only 25% of that given to adults. We can halve the risk 
for these little kids of getting COVID by getting vaccinated. We can cut it in half. In clinical trials during the Omicron surge, neither Pfizer nor Moderna's vaccines performed well against infection in the youngest age group. Moderna says its vaccine is 51% effective for children six months to under two years old and 37% for ages two to under six. But the company also points out that the vaccine will minimize severity of infection. The level of antibody that we saw in these little children is similar to a level that really provides great protection against severe disease and hospitalization in older kids and in adults. Pfizer is expected to submit its application for a three-dose vaccine for the same age group later this spring. On Tuesday, the company asked the FDA to authorize a booster dose for children ages 5 to 11. Meantime, Dr. Anthony Fauci says while the world may still be in the grips of COVID, for the U.S., the pandemic may be ending. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Fauci noting that even with the uptick in cases, numbers of hospitalizations and deaths are down, saying the country is now transitioning to a control phase where the virus is becoming endemic. A turning point in our country's fight against COVID with a potential new vaccine for young kids now on the way. A recent CDC study found that 75% of children and teens in the U.S. have already had COVID. Medical experts say while natural infection can trigger varying degrees of antibody response, with vaccines, it's more dependable, meaning you will have a more reliable form of protection from the shots. Guys, back to you. Stephanie Gosk for us on that breaking story. Stephanie, thank you. And joining us with more on what parents need to know, NBC senior medical correspondent Dr. John Torres. So we expect perhaps some news from Moderna on uh, a vaccine for younger children. What do you expect? How effective do you think it might be? Um, and, and do you expect parents will want to go and get their kids vaccinated? And Savannah, you're right. Moderna has said about a month ago that they were going to go ahead and release the data and apply for the FDA emergency use authorization in April. And so we expect that to happen any day now, possibly any week now. But if you look back at the data they submitted just a few weeks ago, they actually divided this age group into two different ages, which is uh, pretty interesting because that's what I think other manufacturers are going to do as well and not treat them as one age group. Dr. Torres, we did a story yesterday. I think we said 70% of kids had gotten COVID-19. I think a lot of parents might say, well, my kid got it. So why is it that, that I need to get a shot for them? And, you know, that's understandable because, again, the message came out that three out of four children, almost three out of four children have gotten the infection at some point. So they have that natural immunity. But if you look at the data, what they also say is they didn't measure the amount of immunity they have. They just looked to see that they had gotten infected at some point. So we don't know if that means they have a good amount of immunity, a robust amount of immunity. We don't know how long that immunity is going to last. But we do know that if they get a vaccine, they get a very high level of that protection. And so I would not rely on that natural protection from being infected at some point in the past, and especially if you don't know if your child got infected or not. And so hopefully this doesn't muddle the picture too much and they end up do getting their vaccines overall, Hoda. All right, Dr. Torres, uh, thank you for that. All right, also mm -hmm. breaking overnight, former Marine Trevor Reed now back home after being detained in Russia for nearly three years. And this morning we're learning new details about the surprising prisoner exchange between the U.S. and Russia that secured his freedom. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander is on the story this morning. Hi, Peter, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. Just huge relief this morning for the family of Trevor Reed. He landed at a military base in San Antonio within the last several hours. His release, the culmination of a months-long effort that started a day before the Russian invasion of Ukraine when former Governor Bill Richardson landed in Moscow to discuss a possible prisoner swap. 
President Biden calling it good news that required difficult decisions that he says he did not take lightly. This morning, a homecoming three years in the making. Former Marine Trevor Reed back on U.S. soil after being jailed in Russia. He was released in a prisoner exchange straight out of a spy novel. Russian state TV broadcasting this unverified video that it says shows the 30-year-old arriving at a Moscow airport. In his home state of Texas, Reed's parents say after living a nightmare, their prayers have finally been answered. It's going to really hit us when we get to put our arms around him and hug him. Reed was sentenced to nine years in prison after Russian authorities accused him of assaulting two officers after a night of drinking. But his family has always maintained his innocence, meeting privately with President Biden last month to campaign for his release. The White House says Reed is receiving care for his urgent health needs. He looks terrible to us. I mean, as his parents, we know he does not look well. He's very thin. He was walking strange, and it looked like they had to help him get up in the airplane. In a deal brokered by the Biden administration, Reed was traded for a convicted Russian drug trafficker serving 20 years behind bars in the U.S., seen here on Russian state TV arriving back in Moscow. Last year, Reed's parents telling Savannah they'd support a prisoner swap. We don't care how he comes home. Yeah. If they want to exchange Trevor for some criminals that were, you know, low-level criminals or whatever. We're fine um, with that. Hey. We want our son home. Reed's return is drawing new attention to the fate of other Americans detained in Russia, including WNBA superstar Brittany Griner. Griner was arrested more than two months ago on alleged drug charges that could carry a sentence of up to 10 years if she's convicted. Griner's lawyers have not responded to NBC News' request for comment. Another former Marine, Paul Whelan, is serving a 16-year prison sentence after being accused of spying, which he denies. In a new statement provided by his family, Whelan, after learning of Reed's release, asks, Why was I left behind? Adding, The world knows this charge was fabricated. Why hasn't more been done to secure my release? And as for Trevor Reed, his family members say he was kept in an isolation tent on the plane home because they worried that he has tuberculosis. His release, of course, came as a major surprise, especially considering the escalating tensions between the U.S. and Russia right now over its assault on Ukraine. But officials here say negotiations about Reed were walled off from the administration's efforts to punish Vladimir Putin in Russia. Savannah Hoda. All right, Peter, thank you very much. Let's turn now to the war. Russian forces carrying out new attacks overnight while cautioning Western nations, including the U.S., against interfering. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin is in Ukraine's capital city of Kyiv. Hey, Aaron, good morning. Hoda, good morning. Today, the U.N. Secretary General is visiting the outskirts of Kyiv to see firsthand the horrors that have unfolded here. This as Russian President Vladimir Putin is issuing yet another ominous warning. As the war rages on, Ukrainian soldiers armed with Western weapons and a show of support from more than 40 allies. This is a time for courage, not for caution. Russian President Vladimir Putin warning of a lightning-fast response to outside interference in Ukraine, saying, we have all the tools for this, the kind that no one else can boast of right now, and we won't brag. We will just use them if needed. Remarks seen as a reference to Russian weapons like ballistic missiles and nuclear arms. The European Commission is accusing Russia of blackmail for cutting off gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria. 
Meanwhile, on the front lines, as they prepare their tanks for battle, Ukrainians remain determined. Our equipment is worse than theirs, he says, but the strength is not in the tank. The strength is in the people. Overnight in Russian-controlled Kherson, an explosion in the center of town blowing up a TV tower. Russian state media claiming they shot down two Ukrainian missiles. This following Wednesday's show of courage. Ukrainians demonstrating against the occupation. Defiance eventually dispersed by Russian stun grenades and tear gas. Yulia Vlasenko recently fled Kherson with her mother. She says she used to take part in the demonstrations, but the situation became too dangerous, so she fled. How did you make it out to Kyiv? I found a private driver and uh, Russians just remember his face. He uh, gives them some uh, food, some cigarettes, everything they need. So it's like a, um, his payment for uh, their permission to let him go. She says the dirt road they used to escape was narrow and riddled with mines. But when they made it through and saw the first Ukrainian flags, they broke down in tears. Later today, President Biden is expected to request Congress fund a supplemental aid package for Ukraine. The amount is said to be massive, full of economic and humanitarian assistance expected to last Ukraine until the end of September. Hoda. All right. Thank you so much, Aaron Force there in Kyiv. A setback for the Biden administration. A federal court has temporarily blocked the Department of Homeland Security from lifting that pandemic restriction on migrants at the southern border. U.S. officials tell NBC News 170,000 migrants are waiting in Mexico and planning to cross the border when Title 42 is lifted. But a federal judge has said he would put a pause on lifting that restriction anytime before May 23rd. The judge also set a hearing date for next month to determine whether that pause should be extended beyond that date. Alro, what oh. you got, my friend? Oh, uh, it is, baby, it's cold outside. We've got, for not as cold as it is in the studio, freeze alerts into Friday for 19 million folks from Michigan all the way down to Virginia, Pennsylvania as well. Look at these wind chills. It feels like 23 in Buffalo right now, 31 in Boston, 33 in New York City, a wind chill of 28 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. In fact, temperatures this morning, 28 in both Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It feels like it should be March 8th. Head into the Northeast. We're talking about Philly and Washington, D.C. Your lows, it should feel like the mid to early parts of March. Temperatures will start to warm up, but not not before today from Minneapolis to Bangor, Richmond, Cincinnati, but out west, Grand Isle, Denver, down to Dodge City and Lubbock, all anywhere from 5 to 15 degrees above average. Tomorrow, still chilly from Portland, Philly, Roanoke, Cincinnati, Memphis. You're going to be 83 degrees, Wichita, 89, Dallas, mid-80s. But as we get into next week, temperatures warm up and a little bit nicer. By Sunday, Boston, you're at 62, 73 in Philly. On Monday, 75 in Cincinnati on Monday as well. And as we look into early Early next week, much warmer than average down through the southeast, colder than average around the Great Lakes, temperatures close to normal here in the northeast. And that is your latest weather. Okay? All right, Al, thank you so much. Still ahead this morning, growing fallout over the release of videos and evidence from the Rust movie set shooting, why the victim's family is lashing out at the sheriff and demanding those videos be taken down. Plus, Amal Clooney's visit to the U.N. on a campaign for justice for the victims of the war in Ukraine the powerful and personal message she delivered. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back now, 7.30, great crowd out there, Thursday morning, 28th of April 2022, but uh, don't tell the temperatures out there because it's more like a March day, maybe even February, chilly one in the Northeast. But warm weather is on its way. I mean, by, by August, at least. It has to come at some point. We're going to go straight from winter to summer. Yeah, I know. That's no the new thing. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to your 7.30 headlines Thursday morning and new developments this morning in the ongoing battle between Disney and Florida lawmakers. Disney's special self-governing district is responding for the first time to this new law seeking to dissolve it. The district, which is called Reedy Creek, says the legislation cannot be enacted unless the state pays off all of its debt which now stands at about $1 billion. The law, which Governor Ron DeSantis signed last week, would end the special tax district that was established back in 1967. Breaking overnight, a charter bus carrying a post-grad baseball team was involved in a rollover crash. It happened about 40 miles northwest of Houston. 21 people were on the bus at the time of the crash. Two were airlifted to a hospital. A dozen more taken away by ambulance. No word yet on what caused that crash. Well, some good news this morning. If, if you bought a Powerball ticket at a Quick Trip convenience store in Gilbert, Arizona, because that is where the winning ticket for that massive $473 million jackpot was sold. So get out your tickets. Take a look at the numbers. Here they are once again, 11, 36, 61, 62, 68. And the Powerball is four. Of course, if you did not win the jackpot, you still may have won a smaller prize. As for the rest of us, back to the drawing board now. Powerball jackpot returns to a paltry $20 million for Saturday's draw. Miss Guthrie has cousins in that I do in that area. I do. Yeah, and I tried to text them. They're just like, new number, who's this? I don't know. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. They're not They're not answering. Uh, let's turn now. There's new fallout to tell you about over this week's release of evidence and videos from the investigation into that fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie, Russ. The family of Helena Hutchins, who was killed, is now hammering that decision and also asking for some of those videos to be taken down. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has covered this case from the very beginning. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Just days ago, we got our first look at the chaos on the set of Russ as paramedics frantically but unsuccessfully tried to save Helena Hutchins' life. Now her family is saying a New Mexico County Sheriff was out of line for releasing the information to the public before they had a chance to thoroughly review it. This morning, the family of cinematographer Helena Hutchins is slamming the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office for releasing the video of her final moments, saying they failed to give Hutchins dignity and privacy. 
After more than six months investigating the deadly shooting on the set of Rust, the Sheriff's Department released a trove of evidence, thousands of pages of documents, as well as body camera videos. NBC News is not showing the footage of Helena's final moments. A letter from the Hutchins attorney says the New Mexico Sheriff's Office trampled on the constitutional rights of the Hutchins by giving him less than a business day to review the materials before it was released to the public. The first time Mr. Hutchins saw the disturbing and unsettling video footage of his wife lying on the church floor was on an internet website, the attorney writes. The damage your office has done is irreparable. The sheriff spoke to Hoda and Savannah earlier this week. What was your intention in releasing all of this information at this point? It was a public records request that we, re we are required to release the information, but it was also an uh, uh, attempt to be transparent in the investigation. We were under uh, an obligation to release it right now? Not right now. It took us some time to put it together, and we tried to release it as soon as we had everything together. New video also released by the sheriff's office shows Baldwin hours after the shooting, learning that Hutchins died. I do have some very unfortunate news to tell you. Um, she didn't make it. In February, Hoda spoke with Helena Hutchins' widower, Matthew, who was suing Baldwin and others involved with the film over his wife's death. In your mind's eye, what does justice look like? You know, we're pursuing justice every way we can to hold uh, accountable the people who are responsible for Helena's death, which was totally preventable. In the end, you know, justice won't bring Helena back, but maybe the memory of her can help keep people safe and prevent something like this from ever happening again. An attorney for Alec Baldwin responded to the Hutchins lawsuit saying any claims that Alec was reckless is entirely false. And we should mention we did reach out to the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office about the letter and have not yet heard back. Hoda. Yeah, Miguel, and that letter also it raised really serious concerns about how that dump of all of those videos could impact uh, Matt's son, young son. Yeah, Hoda, Hutchins family's attorney writes about the disturbing potential consequences that this material could have given how information is misused on social media and how the family fears the footage could be used by bullies to emotionally abuse Helena and Matt Hutchins' nine-year-old son in the future. Yeah, he was, Matt was just saying all he wants to do is protect his little boy. All right, thank you, Miguel. Thanks. Thank you, Miguel. Well, coming up next, we'll go inside Amal Clooney's impassioned plea to world leaders to stand up and do more for the people of Ukraine. We're going to hear from her after these messages. Back now at 740 this morning on In-Depth Today, powerful new comments tied to the war in Ukraine. Yeah, they're coming from Amal Clooney, top lawyer, fierce defender of human rights, and of course the wife of star George Clooney. She took the United Nations to task yesterday for not doing enough to stop the atrocities unfolding in Ukraine. NBC's chief foreign affairs correspondent Andrew Mitchell has that story for us this morning. Andrew, good morning. Good morning to you. For years, Amal Clooney has shined a spotlight on wars around the world. On Wednesday, she was at it again bluntly telling the U.N. it is simply not doing enough to bring war criminals to justice in Ukraine. This morning, a powerful call to action from Amal Clooney. Ukraine is today a slaughterhouse 
right in the heart of Europe. Known to many for her marriage to A-list actor George Clooney, she's also internationally famous for her groundbreaking work as a human rights lawyer, now challenging the United Nations and the U.S. to do more to address horrors like the war crimes in Bucha. This council has heard so many speeches with that now hollow refrain, never again. But here we are, faced with evidence of the crime of aggression, war crimes, crimes against humanity, and mounting evidence each day of the crime of genocide. In her storied legal career, Clooney has investigated atrocities in Syria, Darfur, and Bosnia. And for the last seven years, she's gone after ISIS for war crimes against the Yazidis, a religious minority in Iraq. The UN resolved to act in that case, but she says it never did. This happened the year that my children were born. It was my first trip as a working mother. But my children are now almost five. And so far, most of the evidence that has been collected by the UN is in storage. When survivors ask me to explain how can this be, I can only say I'm ashamed. Inaction, she says, leads others to believe they'll never be held accountable. The perpetrators commit these crimes believing they will get away with it. And they have been right. In 2016, Clooney explained her passion for her work to Cynthia McFadden. I believe in, in international justice. I believe it's important that you don't just turn the page without people being held to account. Seen around the world at events like the royal wedding of friends Meghan and Harry, she recently explained to Time magazine how she uses her celebrity to shine a light on issues that matter, saying, in terms of an increased public profile, I think all I can do is try to turn the spotlight to what is important. Amal Clooney says she hopes to use her spotlight to get the U.N. to act on Russia's atrocities in Ukraine, unlike other recent war crimes investigations. Savannah Huda and Craig. Our chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrew Mitchell, for us this morning. Andrew, thank you. She really does use yeah. her powers yes, for she good. Does. She does. Yes, she mm -hmm. does. All right, switch gears, get a check of the weather. There's fire in yes, that Yes, there is. Unfortunately for our friends out west, the fire danger continues. Eight million people under red flag warnings from Las Vegas all the way to Lawton, Oklahoma, down to Presidio, Texas. We currently got these elevated and critical risk wind gusts of 45 miles per hour, low humidity. So we're talking fire danger continuing right on into tomorrow, especially into Colorado, into Texas, parts of New Mexico, on into Kansas and Oklahoma. We're going to be watching that carefully. Plus, this afternoon, we've got a risk for some severe weather stretching all the way from Nebraska down into Texas. And as we move into tomorrow afternoon, we've got a more elevated risk and enhanced risk from parts of Nebraska all the way down into central Oklahoma, including Oklahoma City rainfall amounts ending up when Saturday, I should say, we're also looking at severe weather stretching from Chicago down to Jonesboro. Rainfall amounts anywhere from four to three to four inches of rain could be some severe flooding all along the Red River. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank, thank you so much. Coming up next, a surprising twist in the split between Hollywood stars Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. She was served custody papers during an event to promote her new movie. We'll tell you what Jason Sudeikis is telling NBC about that moment. But first, these messages.
We are back with Chanel, a custody controversy that has erupted in Hollywood. Yes, good morning. Actor Jason Sudeikis claims he had no idea former fiance Olivia Wilde would be served custody papers during a big moment in her career on stage promoting her new movie. And it's leading to a lot of questions for the process service company behind that bold move. A shocking moment on stage for actor-director Olivia Wilde. Wilde was addressing thousands of film industry insiders when someone interrupted her to deliver a mysterious manila envelope. After some initial confusion, she went ahead with her presentation while the audience speculated over what could be inside. The envelope, marked personal and confidential, actually contained legal documents from her ex, Ted Lasso star Jason Sudeikis. Sources close to Jason Sudeikis tell NBC News that the documents were drawn up to establish jurisdiction related to the children of Ms. Wilde and Mr. Sudeikis. Wilde and Sudeikis broke off their engagement in November of 2020 after nine years together. They share two children, eight-year-old Otis and five-year-old Daisy. Last year, after winning Best Comedy Series for Ted Lasso at the Critics' Choice Awards, Sudeikis gave his ex-fiance a shout-out. I want to thank my kids, Otis and Daisy. I want to thank uh, their mom, Otis and Daisy's mom, Olivia, who had the initial idea to do this as a TV show. On Tuesday, Wilde was at CinemaCon in Las Vegas to debut the trailer for her new film, Don't Worry Darling, starring her current boyfriend, singer Harry Styles. Controversy erupted online over why such sensitive documents were delivered during such a high-profile moment for Wilde. The source close to Sudeikis added that Mr. Sudeikis had no prior knowledge of the time or place that the envelope would have been delivered, as this would solely be up to the process service company involved, and he would never condone her being served in such an inappropriate manner. Representatives for Wilde did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The director of the conference where this took place said in a statement they have never had an incident like this before and are certainly now reevaluating security procedures as to how this was even able to happen yeah, in the yeah. first yeah. place. How does a process server waltz into a right private right. event like that? Right. An and it, no, yeah. and just, just really, you got to have yeah. sympathy for her in that Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. A lot of questions still this morning. Thank you, Chanel. Thank you, Chanel. Yeah. Coming up next, your 8 o'clock hour.